Hello and welcome to the Best in Leeds podcast. Uh, my name is Craig Jones, I'm host for today. Um, the Best in Leeds podcast is going to bring you everything that's going on in the city from music, events, films, food and drink. So yes, sat across me today is Christian Johnson, my colleague. Hello. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very excited for the first ever podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice treat. I mean, what we're going to try and do with the podcast today is bring you everything that's going on in the city, a little bit about ourselves, obviously, and in this edition, we've got a couple of interviews coming up, one with the crew of Dan- the Damned United, got the world's strongest man, and Peter Andre, so what a mix that is. So Christian, as it's the first edition, and obviously you are our first contributor, I want to ask you three things you love about Leeds, we're going to make this a regular feature for the um, editions. Well, limiting it to three is pretty hard, I've lived here for a couple of years now, uh, I used to work for Maiden Leeds TV, I've come across to Leeds Live, very excited about that, and uh, it's going well so far. Three things I love about Leeds then. Well, number one is the people. The people are fantastic. Craig, I'm sure that you've found since you moved here that the people are really welcoming. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's been a brief time here, but yeah, you, can just, you get a sense of sort of belonging and community. Yeah, well, everywhere nice. you go, you know, people are very, very welcoming, letting you know what's going on and, and have the time to chat to you, which is fantastic for us and our jobs because we rely on that. It helps. <laughs> it does help. Uh, secondly, so number one is the people. Uh, number two has to be said the pubs are pretty good in Leeds you know I live I live up in Headingley and there's some fantastic pubs there but also in the city centre there are so many new venues opening all the time and and established ones it must be said and part of this podcast is we'll be bringing you a lot of reviews around those uh, and and what goes on in the city so the pubs are fantastic what what, what are your favourite pubs I quite like uh, Arcadia up in Headingley you know they 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 tout themselves as not being on the Otley Run, which is so popular, and they could get a lot of money by by getting people in on the Otley Run. But it's a, it's a bit more of a proper pub, you know. Mm. They've got a massive selection of beers, which is constantly rotating, uh, which really helps. And it's just a really nice vibe in there. Uh, the only thing that's missing is a beer garden, but they can't really help that, so they're they're doing pretty well on that one. And a third one, you've put me on the spot here. Um, ag- again, what I'll say for the third one is um, the way the city embraces its sport. You know, you've got. Mm. Rhinos are so popular. Obviously, Leeds United is so tribal here, the Leeds fans in the city. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see this summer England are coming to play at Ellen Roads. Exactly. Uh, cricket, obviously, down at Yorkshire Cricket Club as well. So the, the sport uh, in, in Yorkshire, in Leeds in particular, is, is so strong. And I think the city really does that so well. And I'm glad you mentioned sports, to be fair, because it takes a very nice deal to our first interview. <laughs> well, you know, nice little segue there. <laughs> You've helped me out a lot there. Um, <laughs> so, yes, our first feature for um, this edition is with Luke Dixon, who is playing the very enigmatic and the very divisive Brian Clough, of course, was manager of Leeds United back in the 1970s for a very brief tenure of just 44 days, I believe. Yeah, not, not the greatest tenure at all. Not the greatest. Um, so we'll have a little listen to what um, Luke's got to say about the Dam United, and then we'll have a chat and see afterwards, if that's all right. Uh, my name's Luke Dixon and I'm playing the part of Brian Clough in Red Ladder's production of The Damned United. Luke, uh, obviously here at Ellen Road today, tell me a little bit about obviously being part of the production and obviously I guess the football element to it and obviously all, all the, what it means to Leeds as well. Um, well, I think that being, being, being part of this production is fantastic. I've always wanted to work for Red Ladder um, and uh, to... to then get the part a part that is not just working for a theatre company within the city, but working for a theatre company that has got a play about the city. Mm. Um, and Damned United certainly is that. Uh, the city at a certain time, of course, but one that's still so important uh, to it. Uh, you come to come here to, to uh, Ellen Road and, and, it, and you can feel the history of it. Uh, you can see the Billy Bremner statues you're outside with the... With the um, <coughs> the tributes to people uh, uh, around it, and uh, and even to Don Revy as well, the statue there, 
Um, and you, yeah, I think it's a, it's an important story for this city, and I'm looking forward to taking to the West Yorkshire Playoffs. Uh, I think it'll be yeah, be momentous. I hope. And obviously, as well, Brian Clough, obviously <laughs> the role you're playing. Uh, what a charismatic character. Mm. I guess also a divisive one in this city. I mean, it's pro- I guess quite obvious what attracted you to it. I guess. Well, I think I think that you. you in, you used the, a brilliant word there, which was divisive, and I think that that's what. That if drama is nothing else, that's what it is. Mm. It's it's about that. It's about sort of displaying some kind of division and how it does resolve or not itself. And uh, and in this case, I don't think it did. Only left. He was fired after forty four days. So there you go. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, you you interview somebody a Leeds fan, and they will give you their opinion about Brian Clough, and it's probably not likely to be a rosy one. Uh, but you speak to somebody at Derby County or Notts Forest, and you'll get a different picture altogether. You know, he's he's idolised. So where's the difference there? Well, I mean, I, I think that you know that he he was very vocal before he came here about the players, about how the team was managed, about how the team played and he was open about in, in his criticism of them um, and and then for him to be asked to come and manage it, it seems crazy really when you think about it, that uh, the directors would ask him to come and he would accept the job to come here after he'd been that critical and I think he thought he could turn it around, I think he thought he could make that this club, he could transform the club from playing one way which he believed to be Dirty and uh, un, 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 uh, uh, you know, sort of unsportsmanly, and, <clears throat> and, and to, to make that transformation, I think he thought it was also you know, a, a heck of an ego to do that, really. But uh, but he gave it a go. It fell on its backside. <laughs> Excuse my. Uh, phraseology, uh, but uh, but what a story to tell, you know. And I guess that's the thing as well. I mean, I know we spoke a lot about football, but it isn't just the football story, though, is it? It's no, more about not, the characters yeah. that involved. No, it's a very human story. I mean, it's a, um, not just his story and his time here at, at Allen Road, which must have been. I mean, certainly my interpretation of it as an actor is that it was an enormously lonely, a tremendously lonely experience for him up here, far away from his home, far away from his family, far away from his his uh, managing partner in Peter Taylor, who did not come with him to Leeds United, um, uh, and and far away from that kind of level of companionship. And the players shunned him, and the 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 the, 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 the city shunned him. And you know what was he left with then? I think is incredible drama to play out. But uh, it, it, what's great about the Damned United is you do also get the story of. Um, <coughs> His time at Derby County with Peter Taylor, and their relationships fascinating. You know, such a, an, an enormous friendship. But he didn't treat Peter Taylor particularly well, and uh, in, at times, and um, certainly in, in this story, he doesn't. Uh, so, it, it, or this version of his story, rather. So it's 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 great. It's huge amounts of drama. Perfect for, for theatre, really. Perfect. Yes, yeah, so that was Luke Dixon, who we met at Ellen Road, um, who was starring as Brian Clough in the latest production of The Damage United, which is at the West Yorkshire Playhouse. It opens on March 27th and runs through April 7th. Um, what did you make of that, Christian? Yeah, interesting. You said when you came back from that that the actor isn't really interested in football whatsoever, but I think it's something that is quite important because for people who are thinking about going to watch it, they don't have to like football at all. It's not no, really absolutely. about the football side of it, is it? No, not at all. And it's interesting, like you say, it was... There's a couple of questions in, you know, when you're speaking to someone, I mean, we're both football fans, obviously, and it doesn't necessarily matter, as you say, but it was interesting because I asked him a few leading questions with the football side of things, obviously about Alan Road, it's obviously really cool to be there, I guess. And he, he was interested, but not that interested. He sort of yeah. made a little secret, but he went, I'm not a massive football fan, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> which, is not, which is great, but as you say, it's, I mean, I've read the book and I've seen the film, it's, 
So it was a story, and it's based on true life, obviously. It was a story about relationships, isn't it? And yeah. that feeling of isolation a little bit as well. Because, I mean, Brian Clough was this character who said a lot and obviously said a hell of a lot in fairness about Leeds. But at the same time, he was quite vulnerable at times, I think, during Yeah, it. but he came across as this sort of alpha male, lots of bravado, and, mm. you know, he didn't care what people said. But the Damned United really shines a light on Brian Clough, the person, as opposed to Brian Clough, the manager. You know, what he was like behind closed doors. Yeah, he put exactly. this brave face on, but... Behind closed doors, he did feel really isolated, obviously, and particularly at Leeds United, like you say, only 44 days there. Mm. And despite the fact how confident he was, that would have knocked his confidence so much. And it's more sort of delving into his psyche around that time, how he how he dealt with the public side of things, and, and when he went back into into his his private life, how that affected him. And it's an interesting one because this production is only a cast of three. So oh, I it, see. And it's quite, it's obviously, small theatre, so it's very intimate. So I think you will get that feel of you know, someone by themselves a little bit, I guess. And I, th I think, speaking to Luke, he seems so excited. And that's the thing with an actor as well, isn't it? I mean, whether you're into football or not, you know this is a great role for you. I mean, this this is a man who was probably the first most glamorous football manager. I mean, the, you've got your Jose Mourinho now, you've got Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, them type of characters. But this was the first guy who went out on the TV, did it a little bit differently. Yeah. He was away from the blandness a little bit. Created and his own persona, didn't exactly. he? Exactly. Back in the day when the managers were just coaches, in a, in a sense, Brian Clough was very different to that. And 44 days is short by today's standards, back, back in the 70s. That's just mad. For anyone to manage exactly. for, for just 44 days was just unheard of. So, you know, it is such a unique story uh, in, in sporting terms, but also in, in sort of just a general sense. It's a, it's a really, really enlightening story. And to be fair, I spoke to the, um, the team behind the show as well, and they were saying a lot of, which I think we've touched on a little bit, it's, it's a story which is very much ingrained in Leeds as a city as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's, at that period of time, I mean, obviously, as you said before, sport and football in particular are massive in Leeds, but... At that period in time, when it wasn't a case of you know you rolling news, obviously you had your internet. It, it was something that drove the city, and I say Brian Clough was this big character, and obviously Don Revy was a huge character as well. So the balance between them two was quite interesting in the production, I think. Yeah, and also you, you mentioned that Leeds, obviously a very big team now, but even more so then really mm. because they won trophies. They were at the, the peak of their powers. So for Brian Clough to go in as arguably the most famous manager in the, in the country, to go into one of the biggest clubs in the country, one of the most successful clubs at the time was a real sort of clash it didn't work out but you know that that real sort of clash of personalities came to a head during his time at Ellen Road exactly and, and, and we must stress as well to fair because we've talked a lot of football obviously and it's hard not to when it's a story based in football but it really isn't there's a lot more if you've not read the book if you've not seen the film I'd recommend going because it is actually a really great piece of drama and you and you know if it's anything like the film and the book you will be on the edge of your seat as well yeah I'm sure they'll do it justice like you say with three people only in the, in the mm. whole performance performance it's quite a unique way of doing things very different and i think as you mentioned you'll pick up that sense of isolation in the place so uh, yeah looking forward to going to see it and yes and we will bring you a full review on our website um in about a week or so's time yeah so uh, leads-live.co.uk if you haven't heard our website before i'm sure you have because you're listening to the podcast but that's where to go for for that review so yes you've heard what we've got to say about the damn united um, but it's only right that we speak to the producers of it who were also at the mill when i went down there and you might be aware there's quite a loud lawnmower sound in the background. Please try your best to ignore it, and they've got some great things to say. I'm James Browning, I'm the artistic director of Westerners Playhouse. And I'm Rod Dixon, the artistic director of Red Ladder Theatre Company. Fantastic. Uh, gentlemen, tell me a little bit about bringing the Dam United obviously back. Why, why did you feel it was such a good idea to do that? Um, I think the important thing um, 
from I'm speaking for James here really but I think there's a, a really great connection between West Yorkshire Playhouse and the Leeds communities and they've toured several productions haven't you out into the communities Alan Bennett and a version of Kez and I think this is such a lead story mm. um, that it, 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 will, it will get to audiences who perhaps may not come to the West Yorkshire Playhouse voluntarily for various reasons. It's always happened in every city. People stay out in the suburbs. And I think that's really, really important that the, the local theatre is telling stories about the local population, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, because when we did it at first place in Red Lab and Rob's brilliant production, we found a lot of the audiences who were coming to see the show weren't our typical theatre audiences mm. and we really loved welcoming people who wouldn't necessarily come as a matter of course and this this community touring is something we've done over the last few years so it seemed to really when Rob said he was scaling the show down and making it really portable um, it seemed really a great opportunity to actually like Rob said take it out into the communities around the city mm. and also give people a chance to come and see it in the playhouse as well because a lot of people came who are theatre goers and actually loved it so it's like Rob said we're interested in telling stories that are important to the people of Leeds and this is the club, and, and this story in particular is such a, a kind of iconic one in lots of, in lots of ways. Exactly, and I mean, obviously the book's incredibly popular, so was the film. It must be great to obviously, I guess, tell that story, but give it a little bit of a different slant, I imagine, as well. I think what's interesting is Anders Lusgarten has adapted it. He's captured David Peace's voice, but he's made it theatrical. You'd think, how can a, 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 a story about two men and their friendship and the breakdown be theatrical but he's captured somehow this kind of stadium loneliness because it must have been so lonely to be so hated for 44 days you know walk into this arena and you know actually to have the courage to walk into here having slagged Leeds off for years anyway you know he was like a vowed enemy of Leeds United and then he took the job that's an incredible story it is, yeah it's, it's a kind of absolute meat and drink for theatre and the book's brilliant and the film I mean I love the film as a lead fan in particular but I think what what the production that Rob made is fantastic it it is so inherently dramatic and and it's kind of epic as well as really really about individuals and and the great thing about Leeds is wherever you go in the world people know about Leeds and people know about this story and for you know for the city it's brilliant to have a club that it's not necessarily the most successful at the moment than it's ever been, but people, whatever it is, Leeds United is known throughout the world. And uh, this story is part of the reason why. And I was going to say as well, obviously, Brian Clough, <laughs> an incredibly charismatic character, and as we mentioned a minute ago, a very divisive character. What, what does Luke bring to that particular role? Oh, Luke's... Uh, it's great for Luke because he said, I want to find out what, what, what I can like about the man, you know, and, and get really under his skin. And the psychology of, of it is fascinating. And I think what Luke's found is, is he's tried to avoid just becoming an impersonator. He's tried to embody it, and, which is what Andrew Lancel did in the first production. It's very much physicalising the gestures and the stance. And, but it's also about the, the absolute terror of failure, which hangs over him like a sword of Damocles sort of thing. And something that, um, you know, with, with Peter Taylor's support... It, it, he kind of kept that at bay but as soon as he lost Peter Taylor who wouldn't come here he was adrift completely so it's, that's also an element which is fascinating seeing the relationship because the way Anders has adapted it Peter Taylor is as important a narrator as, uh, as Clough is on stage as well and I think you both touched upon it a minute or ago as well I mean obviously it is a story which is very much rooted in football but it's not just for football fans and it's, it's that nice crossover I imagine as well for theatre goers yeah. my missus hates football with a passion but she loved the play because she said all that testosterone on the stage sloshing about was fascinating, really fascinating. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, David Peace is an interesting writer because he writes in a very repetitive, rhythmic sort of way. He loves to use facts and how many people at the game, what's kind of thing. That could be really, really dry. And that's all in the play. But somehow you kind of let that wash over you. It's, all, it's just part of the sort of um, milieu, the world that, um, that Clough inhabits. So, yeah, it's, a, it's been a fascinating journey, it really has. And um, you can just tell me, gentlemen, as well, when can we see the production? It opens on the 27th of March and goes into the courtyard. And then after the courtyard, it goes out into the communities for a, a week or so as well. So it's in Leeds for kind of two and a half, three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So whether you see it at, at the Playhouse or whether you see it in a community venue or a, a working club, men's club or, a, you know, it, it's going around into communities. And I, I'm really interested now those people who remember it or, you know, up close and personal in a way, in their environment. That's going to be really brilliant to see. So yes, the Damned United will be at the West Yorkshire Playhouse from March 27th to April 7th. You can get your tickets starting at £13.50 from the West Yorkshire Playhouse website. And moving onwards, um, from one big character to one arguably bigger Very character. Big yes, character. indeed. <laughs> so um, I had the luxury a week or so back to have a chat with Eddie Hall, who is the world's strongest man, weighing at just the 29 stone. Big character. Not bad. Big, big character, big body, big man. Um, He's coming to the first out arena on April 7th for the European Strongest Man competition where he's looking to break a record or two. Um, Christian, yeah, this was an interesting one. From going to see someone who's Ryan Clough, who obviously I know is rooted in sport, obviously, but going to see the biggest, <laughs> strongest man in the world, it was quite something. It's quite an intimidating man, if I'm being honest. I bet, I bet. I mean, it's ridiculous, uh, the size of this bloke. I mean, I'm sure, like like myself, you watched The World's Strongest Man as a kid yeah, yeah. on Channel 5, that great programme, and you got invested in it, but you never really sort of think about the people behind it and what they have to go through to get to that stage where they're so insanely big and they can lift ridiculous weights. It, it's mad, isn't it? It was a funny one because... What was it like interviewing him? Because, you know... He, you only see it on TV when he's next to people who are as big as he are, but you and I were just normal guys. Yeah. He must have towered over you. It was, yeah, it was, well, it was a funny one because he came in, we went, basically, he met staff at um, First Abbott's office because he's going to the First Abbott's arena. He met staff at their um, office just down the road in Leeds. And it was really funny because you're waiting for him and you weren't quite sure what to expect. And he comes up and he drives through the gates in this massive sort of like monster truck type thing very befitting the world's strongest man yeah, I would say it was yeah. a huge car it was, quiet it was, arrival yeah exactly yeah. and then he <laughs> I was talking to the PR people because he'd done something similar in the past when he's been to Leeds and I think in the past he dragged like a bus or something he, there was some vehicle he dragged anyways like a demonstration and this time it was a bit more understated this time but he came with a big like hammer <laughs> <It was, laughs> and that's understated it was understated for him I guess <laughs> um, yeah, he came with a big hammer and we were talking to the PR and like it was weird oh was someone just switches someone on a little bit you know he came yeah. in and he was a little bit understated actually when he walked through the door despite the car and everything and he got this hammer out and it was like oh wow this guy is a big lad and we're, we're not talking like a hammer that anyone would have at no, home no. this is like Thor's hammer yeah like Thor's hammer effectively yeah and um, he got that and he did like obviously loads of photos for it a bit of video he, he, was, he was very good uh, sort of what the press wanted from as well, you know what I mean? If I said to him, could you do us a quick video, you know, like maybe doing a bit of trash talk or something like that, whatever, <laughs> you, might, whatever you might think it might be, he was really good at that. And yeah, anyway, we sort of, as you'll hear in a minute, so we sat down, sort of after we'd done all the photos and stuff, we sort of sat down one on one. And, and not, like, just for the listeners' sake, right now, me and Christian are sat in quite a small booth. And um, if me and him were in there right now, honestly, he'd have tipped it. And that's he, not yeah. being disrespectful, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, so we sat down one on one, and we were about as close as we are now, which is relatively close. And it was really weird because he was intimidating, but he was really friendly. And then there was a couple of times where he just turned a little bit. I was like, "Oh, this guy's very." You big, do not want to make yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, that was the funny thing. I asked him. You'll hear probably in a second. I asked him where I sort of said, um, I hope this isn't a rude question, but and I'm sort of thinking... I love this bit, yeah. You know, yeah. I was sort of thinking, I hope he doesn't interpret it as a rude question because it's not, but how much do you actually weigh? And he sort of turns around and he says, oh, I'm 29 stone now, which is obviously massive. And he said when he won the World's Strongest Man, I think back in December, he was 31 stone. It's just, you can't, it's unthinkable. No, exactly. And the, be- the best thing about it was actually, because we had a proper chat, as you'll hear, and then towards the end of it, I think he does it on this recording, but he definitely has a video for it as well for the website, and... I sort of said to him, you know, can you just give us a bit of a message for the fans and whatever? And he really turns it on, and it's funny, because he did it, especially with the um, the video, actually. He sort of took my phone off and went, oh, I did the selfie. And he sort of got it near, he was sort of big growly and, like, you know, big expressions. And he was, like, really trash-talking down into the camera. It was really, it was like, it was like watching, like, a WWE wrestler, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing, yeah. a little bit. But, yeah, it was really good. Um, yes, yeah, so let's have a listen to what um, he had to say, and then we'll come back and have a chat. Um, Eddie, how are you doing today? I'm good, are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, obviously, a bit of a weird one today, being here at the first direct offices. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're here and obviously what you're going to be doing obviously, in the next couple of months? Well, we're here today to promote Europe's Strongest Man on April the 7th. First Direct uh, is the main sponsor, you know, they, they, they own the arena, I believe, that we're competing in. So we're here to, you know, pay, pay a due diligence and uh, pay respects to the, to, the, to the bank for supporting us. And it's, a, it's a pretty unusual day for them as well, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got a lot of people, you know, tapping on the shoulders, asking for pictures and stuff. I can't believe how big the place is. It's massive, isn't yeah, it? They must have a couple of thousand staff, I'm quite impressed. <laughs> um, and obviously, we've got the event coming up in obviously a few weeks' time. How are you feeling? Like, you've got the world record attempt coming up as well, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling good. Training's going really well. Uh, all the moving stuff's really come on. One thing I have got my eye on is a world record log press. Now, I, I own a few world records, I've got the deadlift, the axle. Uh, and I've got a World's Strongest Man title, I've got British Strongest Man title, but I've never owned a log press world record. And it's something I need. I actually need it in my life right now. <laughs> I can um, sense the passion there. Yeah, yeah. And I just need it. You know, I've got, I've, got, I've got every one apart from that one. So I just need it just to complete that, you know, complete the triangle and uh, solidify myself as one of the strongest men that's ever lived. You know, to hold all, all the world records at once and have a World's Strongest Man title. And Eddie, just, just uh, some people might find this rude, but I think in your situation, probably different. Uh, can you tell us how much you weigh as well, if that's all right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, at the minute, I weigh about 29 and a bit stone. Uh, I think 29 and a quarter stone is probably on the mark. Um, I mean, at my peak, uh, when I won the World's Strongest Man last year, I was 31 and a half stone. So I'm actually uh, feeling pretty light and nimble <laughs> yeah, right exactly, now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, you mentioned winning that. I mean, how did that feel? It must have been an amazing achievement for yourself, obviously. Winning the World's Strongest Man was the best feeling in my life. You know, it's something I've dreamt about since I was a little boy. Uh, it's the most alpha male ultimate title out there. Yeah. You know, remember at school, you always have the arguments. Yeah. It was never who's the hardest, who's the fastest, who's the smartest. It was always who's the strongest. It's the most natural alpha male instinct. And were, were you at school, were you winning them competitions then? Or how of course, you, yeah. yeah, I'd be arm wrestling, wrestling. It was always who's the strongest and I'd always come out on top. Fantastic. And um, as you say, obviously the event's coming up. I mean, you've got fans obviously here and all over the world. I mean, how was that built for the last few years? It's amazing, like you say, getting tapped on the shoulder here, there and everywhere and getting selfies and everything. Yeah, it, it's, it's a bit surreal, you know, I never I never envisioned I'd be in a position where I can't literally can't go to Tesco's to do my shopping anymore, I have yeah. to do online shopping. <laughs> it is, it's got its ups and downs, obviously, you know, I've made a, a, an amazing life out of this, an amazing career, 
Um, definitely, definitely lived a life of, of probably 10 plus men. You know, I've had a very extravagant life and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and I appreciate the fans. I appreciate the people asking for pictures and photos. And it is everywhere I go. Does get on, you know, does get a little bit annoying. But um, but I do appreciate it because these people, at the end of the day, are why I made my living. You exactly. know, these guys support us. They pay the tickets to come and watch us. And you know, I'm massively appreciative for that. And um, I guess in the last year or so, has that changed even more? Has it got bigger? The interest and sort of you know the fandom. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I stood first. Uh, one UK strongest man back in 2011 you know walking through the street yes I'd get recognised but now I, I you know I can go anywhere in the country even foreign countries you yeah. know and I'm getting stopped every 10 metres for a picture and autograph <laughs> the, the the fame of the sports definitely come up you know the notoriety of the sports definitely come on um, it's becoming more and more bigger you know it's like the wrestling wrestling yeah, started exactly. off in a car park you know like every other sport probably and it's just built up built up built up the big characters have come along you know Andre the Giant came along in wrestling that's why that went big and then we've got the strong man we've got the likes of myself we've got four we've got Brian Shaw we've got some absolute freaks of nature coming out of the woodwork and at the end of the day the human race just wants to see freaky big people lift freaky big things and that's the truth and I guess just finally, um, have you got a message for your fans who are going to be coming down to the first direct arena in a few weeks' time? Uh, yeah, good message for the fans. I just want to say thank you very much for the support. Hope to see you all there. We're going to have a fantastic night. Uh, we're going to have an, an amazing battle. You know, we've got me and four, we've got some unfinished business. Uh, so come and, come and watch it unfold. It's going to be fierce. So Christian, what did you make of Eddie Hall, the world's strongest man? I was intimidated just listening to that, let alone you being there. Um, I'm glad you got that impression. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit, he's a massive personality, and I just can't get my, I genuinely can't get my head around being 31 stone. I mean, I weigh 10, 11 stone, I think. Yeah. He, that, that's what three of me. It's just ridiculous. And it, interesting that he said in there, you know, he, he's accepted that he's had to make so many sacrifices in his life to get to that weight. Exactly. To, to, to build up that much muscle. And he's probably taking years off his life in doing so, but he absolutely loves it. He loves going in every day. And for him, I mean, it's not a bad accolade, is it? If that's your dream from a little kid, as he says, I want to be the strongest man in the world. And he's achieved that. And he wants to, to hang on to that for as long as possible. So fair play to him. You know, it's not your, your usual sport, but he's uh, he's the best in the world. So who can argue with it? Yeah, well, and who would, is going to argue with it? I wouldn't. <laughs> it was funny, actually, because he does say it, doesn't he, in the audio. He, um, he talks about being at school. And I, did, I asked him, I yeah. said, you know, did, is this what you always wanted to be? And I, was, I actually thought he was going to say no, you know, cause a little bit. Because how do you know when you were a kid? But he did. He said, you know, I think he said, like, it's never been about being the smartest. It's never been about being this. But like, it was always about being the strongest. It seems so single-minded. Yeah. Like you say, from a young age, he's just known he wants to be the strongest man in the world. And he had that dream and he's achieved it. It's a fair play to him. And it was funny, actually, because, which wasn't in the recording, um, we did a bit more photography afterwards. And, we, again, he was very good, great sport. He, he, he's very trained as well you know what I mean he knew what he knew what he wanted to give you as well which is really handy for obviously the job we do um and it was funny because he was talking about all these like sponsorship deals he has now and it was really weird because he, I think he was talking to me or just, just in passing about one he actually turned down he sort of went oh they offered me one like I was just a normal man and I thought well I guess you're not I mean you've got yeah. the title so Any, you're not anything but a normal man, a normal <laughs> yeah, exactly. man. he's not a normal man so yeah I mean it's really interesting and I know obviously it's going to get a big crowd so the event itself um, Europe's Strongest Man is coming to the first Everett Arena as I said before on um, Saturday April 7th 
tickets start from £20 and you're going to see loads of events. It's not just Eddie, there's loads of these guys there and they're going to be, Eddie himself is going to try and break a record as you heard, but there's loads of events, loads of different things going on, lots of things for families and kids and I mean it should be a really fun day out. Yeah, you say families and kids and also Nathan, one of our other reporters, so I'm sure you'll hear in the coming weeks, he is so excited that he's a massive World's Strongest Man fan, which we've just found out. Uh, it's a bit of a, a, a hidden secret of his, but I'm sure that he'll be going to that event and he'll bring you the full lowdown in, in the coming weeks on the, on the podcast around that one. Yes, and moving onwards now, we've had it's been interesting, I guess, this episode because we've had obviously Brian Clough, um, a very charismatic man. We've had now Eddie Hall. Yeah, I mean, where where do you go from here? Exactly, I mean, where do get any you be- go? Well, you think it couldn't get any better? Exactly, it is time for Peter Andre. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> I still a lineup for the first edition. I mean, maybe we should stop now. Yeah, I think we're going to struggle to beat this, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, so um, Peter Andre, as you, I'm sure you know, a singer of Mysterious Girl. Um, King of the Jungle and <laughs> Iceland's favourite um, PR yeah, spokesperson yeah. as well, of course. Um, yes, Peter was here um, a week or so back for um, Jet 2's 15th anniversary. So I went over to Leeds Bradford Airport to meet him. And honestly, he was such a nice guy. I've met him before, actually, but he was very nice. It's just Craig's chance to name drop Peter Andre. I mean, they're, they're basically Bezzy mates. Yeah. Found out when he came back to the office, uh, these two are best mates. First name terms, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no standard on ceremony between me and Peter. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so he came to the um, at the airport. He it was an odd one to fair because it was a really nice idea, and he, he rocked up about seven o'clock. Very early, early yeah, in the it was morning. Quite early, right? yeah. It was, I mean, it it was sort of seven when when fl- um, passengers came, but actually he was there a bit early, and that, and basically he was sort of startling people a little bit. It was quite funny to fair. Um, some people got it, some people didn't really get it, but it was really nice. It, everyone's gone from a flight to Malaga. And Peter Andres rocked up and it was like, oh, this sort of gets your holiday going with a bit more brightness, I guess. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. Let's have a little listen to what he's got to say and then we'll come have a chat. Yes, I'm really good. I mean, what a nice buzz. This time of the morning is usually hard to get people excited and buzzing. But, you know, Jet 2's obviously celebrating 15 years, so uh, great to be a part of it. And then just tell us a little bit why you're here today and what you're doing. Well, I'm here to sort of let everybody know that... Uh, there's 15 flights being given away, which is pretty awesome. Um, and celebrating the 15 years, Jet 2 has sort of given away these 15 flights. And I think some people on the plane may be a bit disappointed that we didn't tell them this before they paid for this flight. But the good thing is that they're here today with a chance to win uh, for the future. So, great. And as you say, it's nice to sort of see people surprised in this morning as well. What's the reaction been like for yourself? People are so lovely. And usually this time of the morning, you don't expect anything more than a grunt. Mm. But actually, everybody's being very, very nice and polite. And, you know, they're off on holidays. I, I guess that they're, they're kind of excited about that, you know. They should be. And you've got the announcement on the plane as well? Yes, I'm going to get on the plane and give an announcement that 15, you know, happy birthday, obviously, yeah. to Jet2, and that they're giving away 15 um, holidays. Is that a first for you? It is a first, yeah. A bit of a random one, I guess. It's a bit of a random one. I mean, I've been on a plane before where someone has mentioned on the tannoy they've mentioned me on the plane I've never been one to actually get on a tannoy and say anything on the plane so, but I have seen movies where they've done it yeah. so I thought it could be a bit of fun exactly and Peter I guess obviously as well you're one of the businessmen in show business what are you up to oh, in a minute so well I, I'm off to Los Angeles next month to film my first ever feature film oh, fantastic yeah which is great um, I, I'm 60 minute makeovers out at the moment yeah. on TV 
I'm filming a new show at the moment, and then I'm also recording an album. So very, very busy. Fantastic. And Peter, I was going to mention as well. Obviously, you mentioned the first feature film. Obviously, it was last year you were in the David Brent film as well. Obviously. I was. That was that was a that nice was little so thing. So funny, yeah. Well, when I met uh, Ricky Gervais, it was kind of very surreal, you know. He's very good. I mean, he, you know, directing and producing that whole movie. I loved it. I loved it. I loved being a part of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was really a highlight at the end of the film as well. It was a nice yeah, little cameo as well. And then, and then I got a bigger surprise when the Inbetweeners did the Inbetweeners too, and they were driving around yeah, in a mysterious girl car, which I was like, <laughs> what? This is so cool. You know? Yeah, so that was Peter Andre at the um, Leeds Bradford Airport for Jetsu's 15th anniversary. Uh, Christian, yes, so that was an interesting day. I, I spent probably about a good four hours with him that day because you might have only had about a minute or so there, but once you're in airport... Well, because you're best mates as well. Well, because, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but once you're in airport, there's not really anyone else you can go with, to be honest. <laughs> good point, good point. You say that you were there, but obviously there was a, a Hindu who were going on their, on a holiday yes. uh, as well, so they must have absolutely loved that. What was that like? Well, that was an interesting one because they didn't know, obviously. Yeah. Um... So yeah, they're just checking in, and you sort of see Peter Andre in the distance, and it was good because I think he saw them, they saw him, and it was a great opportunity. You know what I mean? With that, they got pressed down there taking videos and obviously photos. He just latched onto them, yeah. and as you can imagine, he was very happy. I can they, imagine he was very good with them, and he they was very were good. very very happy to see him. I can imagine. Well, I remember actually. So as I said a minute ago, you had to because it, it's like an airport anyway we have to go through in stages a lot and it was because um, a big massive group of us we kept going through very slowly and um, once the hen dude had sort of been a bit starstruck by him and he sort of ch- he checked them in as well mock checked them in he, um, he wasn't a, there was quite a lot of stress about the fact that he was wasn't say, allowed yeah, to check yeah. them in but um, yeah someone, gone through a bit of training someone, went, someone had a word in his ear so he couldn't check them in it was, I remember that being the one strip <laughs> of the day actually but um, so anyway we went through passport control ourselves and then we went through obviously sending bags and stuff through and whatever and um I heard, like, it was really funny because one of the members of the, of the Hendy, which probably won't fight me greatly for saying this, but um, sort of Andre was sort of say to my right in the distance, then this woman was in my earshot to the left, and she went, Oh, he's so fit, though. Are <laughs> you sure that wasn't you saying it? It was definitely this woman. Well, yeah. you know, I kept my thoughts to myself. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was amazing. Like, it, I could just tell how much he was pining off. It was really funny, actually, to be fair. It was, uh, it was, and they say he was a great sport. He, he jumped on the plane. I think he sang Happy Birthday to Jet 2. And, I think fair play good sport exactly when you get people doing that sort of stuff you probably couldn't get someone better than Andre yeah. for it. He, was, he was a very good professional and, whatever. and it was interesting actually because in his, in his little clip he, we spoke a lot more about I guess his career and what's coming up a little bit and a little bit about Leeds and it was funny actually because I spoke to him he was in the, the David Brent film very briefly yeah. a year or so back <laughs> and I think I don't think he was expecting me to bring that up to be honest um, so I spoke to him about that and then he was like yeah yeah I was in the Inbetweeners film too well he went sort of my car was in the Inbetweeners film because he had the I don't know if you remember or not, but in the in-between us two, they mocked up a mysterious girl car that the crew all drove around Australia in. And it's like, he was very... Wow, okay, that's niche, yeah, He, he yeah. was very proud of the pop culture references, yeah, which, yeah. I guess, you know, from an Aussie coming over to England, it shows you've made it. I, I guess. guess so, I guess so. I've, I've only got one Peter Andre anecdote, and that's when I was playing football as a 17-year-old. I went into the first team change rooms for the first time. Big day for me, you know, going in there. And all these older guys said, you've got to sing a song. You know, so it's initiation, the you've initiation, got to sing a song. Yeah. Obviously, as a 17-year-old who was not the most confident, very nervous at the time, I said yes, because I wasn't going to argue back to these guys. Of course. There was only one song for it, Mysterious Girl. Again, of course, yes. So I stand up in the middle of the changing room, start singing Mysterious Girl, everyone's laughing away, you know, joining in, fair play to them. And when I finished, 
they said, we say that to every single person and you are the only one to actually do it. Everyone else refuses and I was the only one to do it. So uh, Peter Andre, that was my ode to you. And in fairness, a uh, theme of this edition has been what a good sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've joined in on that, so you know. Um, yes, so thank you very much for listening today. We've had obviously Brian Clough, who is going to be here, well, not quite Brian Clough, but a man playing Brian Clough is going to be <laughs> As here. close as you're going to get. Yeah, as close as you're going to get anymore. Um, obviously, the Dams United at the West Rocks Playhouse. We've heard from Eddie Hall, who's bringing the world's... Well, well, he is the world's strongest man. I'm bringing the European strongest man to the first Abbott's Arena. And, of course, Peter Andre. I mean, what a of finish. Of course. Um, so, yes, as we've said, this is the first edition of the Best in Leeds podcast. During the weeks to come, we're going to bring you food reviews, probably gig reviews, probably... Um, previews to events and just as we said we want to be at the cusp of everything going on the city I think that's fair to say Chris I think that's it? what we want to do here at Leeds Life for, for those of you who are just sort of seeing what the brand is about mm. that's what we want to do we want to be there on the ground bringing you the latest things happening in the city right in the midst of the action if there's anything that you guys want us to do let us know we're, you know we're here for you guys so do get in touch of course yes and if you want to obviously see our stories see the video see the content I guess um, jump onto our website it's www.leeds-live We've got that right this time. <laughs> UK. Um, and yes, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure and I hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll catch you on the next edition. I'll see you soon. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij de Sony Xperia XA2. Voor 19,50 per maand, 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1500 MB internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Week. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op, geld lenen kost geld.